This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Really frustrating. Really frustrating. Um... There's no hiding from that. We can't let our season fizzle out. We can't let what has been a poor run of results um, define our season. I think every team goes through it. We've had such a positive start to the season that we haven't known too much adversity. We've, certainly results recently haven't been great. We, we've been in games that we should have taken more points from, but at the same time, earlier on in the season, we probably picked up points that we didn't deserve to pick up points in by being good defensively and, and nicking goals so Premier League is tough and we're a team that are evolving um, we're a team that are growing a team that are learning but we absolutely have to continue to to stay positive and, and make sure the season doesn't fizzle out we should be higher and there's no there's no hiding from that we should have picked up more points in the last chunk of games that we've played in we're we're in our second season in the Premier League which people always say is the toughest because energy and enthusiasm usually gets you through the first season if you can manage to stay up sometimes in the second season you you take your foot off the gas I don't think we've done that we're all ambitious in there we're we're hungry to succeed and there's certainly a little bit of frustration as to where could we be Uh, there's been a lot of games this season where we haven't turned up we haven't shown what we're capable of and been a little bit inconsistent I know it's a very difficult league but there has been games that have went away from us frustratingly and that there is a, a feeling of missing an opportunity and we certainly have done so far Welcome to the My Own Man Said podcast the Aston Villa podcast that uh, is known to turn down uh, certain sponsorship deals to avoid humiliation. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me on the latest show, Mr. Chris Budd. Welcome Hello. back. Hey, David. Mm, not too bad. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Phil Shaw. How are you? Not too bad. All right. Are you on the beach yet with those uh, Villa players? No, but uh, I did cut my grass out the front, and it looks like a beach because I cut it too short. Now everybody in the everybody in the street hates me because I was the first to cut it. Why? Is- oh, you just have to keep up with the neighbours. If one is of grass cut, the rest have to go out and you know match it up. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, so thinking about uh, the beaches, I think the Villa players, if if that's where they're heading at the moment to the beach, uh, 
you know, when you look at the COVID news in terms of uh, it spiking uh, in terms of cases in different European countries and other countries going back into lockdown, I mean, it's going down in this country, I think. God, but uh, Miami Beach uh, has announced a curfew as well. That's one place where footballers like to go. So, uh, you know, maybe avoid the beach until further noticed and, uh, you know, crack on rather than uh, finishing the season already. Yeah, while well, Europe's getting its third wave, we're just hoping Villa gets to second wind. Yeah, no, exactly. Coming up in the show, we'll go through all the uh, the latest uh, Villa news before tackling uh, a three points which throws up conundrums like the merging of two European leagues, a bizarre substitution, and uh, also uh, Bono scoring a goal. Not the singer of U2, though. Before we get into uh, the latest uh, shenanigans, over 90 minutes of Aston Villa, before an under and overrated that uh, takes in a player that was with us for two months, Mr. Robbie Keane. Right, Villa news from the top. Uh, England squad announced surprise, uh, I think. I didn't really expect to get called up. We all got a, a text. I think there were seven of us that got a text um, a few weeks before and um, I had a bit of a stinker at Newcastle away, so I didn't really expect to get called up. Um, and then when I did find out, you know, I was over the moon. Uh, Mr. Ollie Watkins was uh, elected to uh, potentially to play in three fixtures against uh, the likes of San Marino, Albania and Poland. Were you surprised quickly? I think so. I think most people thought Konza was the more likely to get a call-up, but it's an interesting option and Southgate seems to like him, so it's good for him. Hopefully it gives him a confidence boost. Yeah, not as surprised as Patrick Bamford was, but anyway. <laughs> but yeah, considering uh, Villa aren't exactly uh, in, in 2021 uh, going through a rich vein of form, it's uh, quite insightful for uh, Southgate to weed through the chaff of uh, some of our performances. Dean Smith turned uh, 50 years old this week, so uh, happy birthday to him. Jacob Ramsey's brother, younger brother, Aaron Ramsey, signed... Uh, his first pro contract with the club. We joke that uh, Jacob Ramsey is like the Grim Reaper because if he comes on for you, that's your Villa career over. See Hurahan and Barkley. I wonder what uh, Aaron Ramsey's role is uh, in this uh, in the madness of the Villaverse. Meanwhile, uh, Wesley, uh, we'll continue our weekly. Uh, progress reports uh, it'll be interesting uh, during the international break because he'll finally uh, get to play a game albeit a friendly to uh, I wonder how many games do you think you'll need to uh, be considered for the uh, match day squad maybe two yeah but he's uh, yeah I'd say about two and then uh, you'll, you'll I think we'll see him coming in from the bench for a you know, few minutes here and there. Yeah. Meanwhile, the under-23s, uh, you might get a game with them, uh, I would say, as well. Uh, lost 4-3 to Stoke in a crazy game where they were 2-0 up and then 4-2 down by half-time. Some cracking goals in that game as well. It's a pretty woeful defending, though, as well. I think you call it kamikaze football, don't you? Yeah, man. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, the ladies' team... Uh, Lost something of a pivotal game uh, against Brighton. Uh, we thought they were reasonably safe uh, until now. You look at the old uh, table, and Bristol City have managed to levitate up out of that that one relegation spot. And West Ham women are there now, and uh, it's just one one point between three teams at the bottom. So uh, Aston Villa ladies have got to uh, step on it because Sky have just announced uh, 
a deal to replace BT Sport as uh, the women's uh, league primary broadcaster, and they'll get to show 44 matches per season now, while uh, 18 games will also air on uh, BBC One and BBC Two. So this is kind of a bit of a uh, game changer in terms of exposure and in terms of uh, finances as well. So, uh, I mean, I don't don't want to uh, be negative on this, but uh, the last time the... uh, the men's football had a big boost on uh, the TV rights deal. Villa got relegated. Uh, t- it would be typical <laughs> Villa. <laughs> it's, it's all in the timing, what isn't it? What a great it? kiss of death, death that is. <laughs> so uh, I think it's quite a pivotal season to stay up. And yeah, then uh, next season, uh, you, there's going to be a bit more cash flooding into the game. So uh, we wish them uh, all the best there. Right, just a bit of housekeeping. Uh, make sure you follow the podcast on its separate Twitter account, at uh, said, And uh, also uh, join, if you listen, your regular listener to the show, join the Mad Few uh, Facebook group as well. Uh, the links will be in the show notes. Right, on to the three points. Uh, the first one is uh, possible amalgamation of the uh, the Dutch and Belgium leagues. Is it the Belgian Pro League pushing this? Uh, and there's a gr- an agreement on their side uh, in principle uh, for what they call, is it the Beneliga? As in Benelo. You were looking at, I think, eight the top Belgium teams mixed in with 10 of the top Dutch teams. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, we're obviously all outsiders here. I mean, I've you know, watched Ajax a few times when I've visited Holland because uh, I have uh, family uh, there. But uh, I don't know. In terms of being a force to uh let's say compete with the german spanish english teams in european competitions if you're looking at that level i think it's beneficial because it strengthens your domestic league doesn't it just comes down to finances doesn't it a lot of the time because ajax historically have been a very good you know big club and they've always had top top players and an amazing youth system but it's just whether they can keep them you know, all their players yeah get they're, to a, well, they're a feeder club aren't they yeah they hit a glass ceiling and they and they leave and they go and get mega books elsewhere in europe but the ajax system seems to work so well, no, but the idea of this would be they would have hopefully have more money to uh, strength strengthen their footing, so maybe they could keep their players. But also, you're making a more competitive league because uh, you know the, the top Belgium teams are no slouches uh, historically. So suddenly you've got uh, a handful of teams that can be competitive in terms of uh, let's say the European places at least. But I don't know if surely there's more money and that would trickle down the pyramid if they restructured the finances and made it a bit more let's say, uh, sexy for those teams. Be a scout, a scout stream, wouldn't it? Usually you're sending individual scouts to the Dutch League and the Belgian League, especially Villa over the years. Now you, now you only need to watch one league. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's let's say it makes more sense than if you merge the Scottish League and the English League because uh, it's essentially it's just Rangers and Celtic that would have any, uh, you know, have any purchase in, let's say, in the Premier League. Yeah. But this uh, there's a stronger base at the top, I think, because, you know, Ajax are walking that fucking league every year, pretty much. I mean, who have they got? They've got Feyenoord and PSV. But if they've suddenly got Anderlecht as well and Ghent, then, you know, suddenly you're getting more of a more of a uh, interesting uh, competition. Meanwhile, uh, when did this happen? This was last week, wasn't it? Yeah. Point number two, uh, a bit of a bizarre substitution here because uh, De Maria was subbed off last week uh, for PSG in a game against Nantes because... Uh, News broke while the game was on that uh, he was actually his family was actually a victim of a, a robbery and also his teammate as well. It's Marquinhos. Uh, Marquinhos. There's been a few others apparently that this has happened to. They've had a, quite a few PSG players have had their houses targeted. 
Yeah, and I think the news was flagged up to the uh, PSG directors who uh, told Pochettino on the bench and he quickly subbed off the player mid-game. So uh, obviously he could uh, react and, uh, you know, get on with his his life and obviously, uh, you know, go to his family's aid. Not exactly. Uh, it's one of those, isn't it, where do you let them play on and, and tell them later? I think it's probably a good call, isn't it? Because... Uh, well, you kind of mean, you know, in, especially in the current climate, I think there's, there's clearly more important things than football. And I think, yeah. I think it's there's a yeah, certain moral issue, which I think they've, they've done the right thing there. To, if it was a Champions off. League final, Oof. what do you think? Tough call. And it was evenly balanced. You'd hope his family <laughs> were at the game, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good point, actually. But yeah, no, it's, it, it is, it's, it's an interesting one because it is, I mean, fair play to PSG in this uh, circumstance yeah. where, you know, they put the player above uh, their own needs. But uh, you know what I'm saying. Strangely, Marquinhos was having the same thing happen to him at exactly the same time. It was an orchestrated attack, but they didn't sub him off. Didn't they? No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's essential to the team. Yeah. De Maria's on his way out. Moving on to uh, point number three. It's, it's always a joy when a goalkeeper scores uh, an injury time equaliser. It also shows you that a team really wants, uh, well, in this case, uh, Sevilla were playing uh, Real Valladolid. And they were uh, Sevilla were losing 1-0. Up popped uh, Bono in the name of love <laughs> for the corner. And, you know, they don't really need to chase desperately trying to scrape points here because, you know, they're fourth in the league and there's a bit of a cushion, uh, to be honest, to fifth place. But Sevilla is probably one of the best 90-minute teams in terms of uh, when they need to win it. you just got to look at their ridiculous uh, Europa League uh, record where they've won uh, three on the trot and what, six in the last 20 years or something crazy like that. They've won it the most times. Anyway, he popped up. Scored an equaliser, got booked for removing his shirt when he was celebrating, and he became the second in the league goalkeeper to score a goal this uh, season. I think that's the the first time this has happened since 1987 for Villa. Is it just Schmeichel? Has anybody else scored in my lifetime? Villa goalkeepers? I don't think so. No, I can only remember Schmeichel. Great finish that was, wasn't it, Bosch? Yeah, that's a. Uh, Begs the question that you don't. I mean, we don't see it, do we? If we're one nil down or a goal down, shall, we, shall I say? Well, our, cor- our corner would never make it into the box for the goalkeeper to score. So <laughs> he's better off taking the corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's the thing. If we're we're one, if we're a goal down in the injury time, get the goalkeeper to go up to take the corner. <laughs> yeah, go and take a short corner with uh... or the free kick. Just improves our chances. Uh... I reckon Martinez would deliver a good ball as well. But I reckon yeah. I reckon he's good in the air. Right. Let's get on to uh, the game against. Spurs, do we do we need to go into the record of what Spurs have done to us over the, over recent no. years? Uh, well, they've only won the last six games at Villa Park, have they not? Now they haven't lost to Villa Park in a long time. Yeah, they've pulled their pants down literally in some cases. <laughs> I thought Manchester City was embarrassing. I thought Manchester United's the record against them was embarrassing. I completely forgot that Spurs uh, have got our number as well. It was one win in 19 before the game, wasn't it? Yeah, which uh, is is pretty shocking. I mean, uh, we're we're just going to go through the broad issues here because uh, this is almost like deja vu talking about the Newcastle, the Sheffield United game. It's pretty uh, much most of 2021, to be honest. Yeah, we'll just end up repeating ourselves, uh, really. I mean, you, you've heard from the top of the show, uh, you know, what McGinn and Mings is saying, which is pretty much what we're saying, uh, been saying on the podcast. So uh, everybody, apart from the uh, the uber positives who uh, on social media who just can't hear one bad word said about Villa, you know, if, even if it's cr- constructive criticism, if you've got the manager, the players, and... Uh, 
certain podcasts saying it, then, uh, you know, there's a problem at the moment. I mean, you just got to compare our form this year to uh, the start of the season in 2020. It's uh, day and night, really. But uh, in terms of selection here, I was, uh, before the game, I, I you know, I suggested there was a case in match club, there was a case for Nakamba to play here because Spurs are, uh, let's say, one of the, the better teams in the league if you just look at their personnel on paper. But they were missing, well, missing Son, which is, uh, I thought, that might play into our hands nicely because he's just a life threat for the whole 90 minutes, as we found out uh, the last time uh, we entertained them at Villa Park. But also they've got problems in the back line. I mean, old Toby uh, Aldevire was, he had some illness. Uh, and right from the start, I mean, they, their defense was shaky, but we'll get onto that. But Sanson came in and uh, he had admitted in an interview uh, earlier in the week that uh, he was very surprised by the intensity of the English league and the training. And uh, you're thinking, well, uh, that would probably explain why uh, Smith has really, you know, drip fed him into the. Uh, the first team lineup. So no Nakamba, but as the game transpired in the first, uh, let's say first half hour, you, you thought actually we don't need Nakamba in this because uh, we're kind of bossing the game without actually doing anything uh, with it. But Truro was back, Cash was back. That was this kind of essential getting Cash back. And early on, you could see the benefit of having Cash in the team just for a bit of energy and a bit of snap. It was you know he started the game pretty well. First half hour, it looked like we were really comfortable and uh, bossing the game and then you realize actually hang on a minute we haven't had a shot yet and this is the first thing we want to really talk about is this is the first time since was it southampton uh, april 2014 this is like uh, back in the days of lambert and i remember this from you know it was just awful running my old man said then and you know doing tweets about how long we haven't had a shot on target for and you know ridiculous uh runs like that of just you know soul sapping uh i mean you, you, it wasn't football anymore it wasn't enjoyable you were just hanging on because you were a villa fan and that you know as simple as that you wouldn't actually uh sign up to uh put yourself through this if you weren't already a villa fan well this was the yeah that was the era of going to games just being like doing your duty yeah no exactly it's like national service wasn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so there was some flashbacks, and that's why uh, you know people start to get a bit frustrated. I think uh, it was like, oh, we can't go. You know, we've just had ten years of shit. Give us one good season, like an entire entertaining, fun season. And Spurs were crap. <laughs> and that was the main thing here. It was like, hang on a minute, and you know the old cliche: they they're there for the taking. When when you say that, when Villa are playing against a team, doesn't necessarily mean anything. Normally, means they're going to turn it around in the second half. You know, ally like Wolves, for example, in the last game. But their defense was all over the place. They were there to be got at, and you could see. I mean, like Target had a chance in the first half, but it was kind of edge of the uh, the six yard. But instead of uh, backing himself and having a pop, and he, you know he, he scored from that position before i think probably against against leicester in the cup game yeah and brighton as well on that sort of angle yeah and uh you could see oh there was that moment where you could almost uh, read his thoughts oh i could shoot here but I'll, i'll i'll just play the safe option take not take the responsibility and you know crossed it in and then you know later on uh, barkley when the ball came across and there was a bit of traffic in front of him but there was that like split second. If he hits it first time, then I think that's the only chance that ball's uh, going in. But he took a touch. Suddenly, uh, you know, all access to that goal was closed down by the bodies in front of him. And it's you just thinking, are we are we missing something here? Because we're not fluid anymore. You know, you look at some of those early games 
Arsenal, Liverpool, where we're just, you know, we're first time every time it's in the net. We're, you know, we're scoring goals we didn't ex- expect to score. Even over the Christmas period, you know, we went to sort of Albion and we we're clinical, admittedly against a poor side, and we played Palestine. We Boxing Day looked pretty good. It's just lost its mojo, the midfield. Yeah, I mean, I used that in a tweet, Villani, uh, to find the mojo back, and I think that is the, the the problem here. This isn't like people are saying, "Oh, well, now now people are realizing what level we're really at," and it's like, no, no that's not the case because start of the season you fancied us against anybody and and we were thinking actually we could be a good cup team here because on our day you fancy us to beat anybody and it's not about finding a level because if we found a level now we're back to where we were last season because this season uh if you look at the league table just for 2021 we're 13th i think we're five points off uh west brom but you know the likes of west brom Sheffield united liverpool wolves or below us have got uh, a game in hand but we're on the same points as what Fulham have got this uh, this year so far. I don't think this is our level. I think we're better. And there's been games where we've racked up the number of shots and just had no clinical edge, and we're suffering from not getting that extra striker. I mean, the irony is uh, Watkins uh, got in the England squad, but I think he's in that England squad for what he potentially can bring in terms of his all-round game rather than uh, popping up and you know scoring. Well, he's been feeding on scraps, hasn't he? I, I think fair play to the guy, and I think that's what Southgate alluded to that in his press conference. He's, you know, he loves his pressing and everything like that, and that's another thing that Villa's, you know, our, our sort of our high press that we were doing earlier in the season has sort of gone to part. I know you're going to have to be a bit more pragmatic in certain games, but our, our general energy around the field seems to have sort of gone. You know, you look at someone like a McGinn who previously was, you know, he'd just be all over the field, and he's sort of just dipped off in terms of form. And then you, you know, you go down the team sheet and you're thinking, well, by the back four and goalkeeper Watkins I sort of take out the equation because I think he's running kind of got a thankless, a thankless yeah, task does not he but then it's the midfield be it formation or personnel and I don't know what it is you know there's a few people who sort of point the finger at various individuals but actually you could throw, throw the book at any number of them who've come into the team since the turn of the year it's just yeah. something that's not quite there and you're seeing you know McGinn and McGinn, uh, Mings and Smith's interviews they're very aware of it. This isn't like we think we're playing brilliantly. They all—they're very aware that it's everything's not quite working at the moment, and they need to—they need to come out of this slump. But they also know where they really should be. Yes, like 100%. they know—they know what their par is. They know they're a good team. This is a good team who are below the bar, isn't it? Rather than a crap team who were punching above the weight in the first half of the season, which some people have said, which I just think is nonsense to me. Well, they're just dumb. They don't really, they don't understand the fucking game as far as I'm concerned, some of the uh, idiotic uh, comments. But, you've, you know, we've done this for long enough to understand this. this is the way of the world, really. Yeah. Well, just going just go back to the press there. I mean, Watkins' press is so good. It's as if the rest of the team have got lazy. They're just letting Watkins run from fullback to fullback across the whole pitch. And then there's no press and numbers. It's just him. Even when you yeah. had, even when Trezeguet was on, he, he ran about a lot. But that was, that was about all you could say. You've got to press in packs. I mean, that's the, the bottom line. There was a, a tweet that did the rounds after the game about, you know, this sort of narrative that's rather lazily done the rounds for a while about, you know, Villa being a one-man team. And he simply put, so Greedish being injured means we can't beat the first man on a cross. We can't make a five-yard pass, can't move off the ball, can't shoot and can't put in a good tackle, leave off. And I thought, yeah, it kind of sums up where we're at right now. This isn't on Jack. This is this is a this is a collective yeah. dropping of the bar. You know, the bar has been set and then standards have dropped. And the players have said it and the and the manager said it. It's the fundamentals. I mean, yeah. We- yeah. 100%. When you look at it, fans are a bit more angrier than you'd expect. Every team goes through a poor patch, whatever. But what we're seeing is, 
and we've seen this before with other Villa teams in recent times, is the fundamentals aren't there. We're talking about beating the first man on corners. We're talking about making a bloody five-yard pass. Just simple things like that. Because, you know, if you go head-to-head with Spurs, potentially on paper, you know, the, the amount of money they've spent on some players. So if we both played at our top levels, you would say you wouldn't be surprised if Spurs beat us. Spurs beat us, you know, you haven't got a frustration. You, you know, you haven't, you haven't got a problem with that. But when you realise after 20 minutes that this Spurs team is there for the taking, they've played extra time in uh, in the Europa League, albeit, you know, there's several changes in the team. Still, they didn't look like they, uh, they were up for it. And it was almost like, well, let's just, uh, if we can get through to the first half and not concede here, we'll, we'll take them in the second half. Seemed to be Spurs' remit or Spurs' plan. And that's the frustration for Villa fans is because this was the Spurs team we could have beaten, no problem. Yeah. I think this, 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 yeah, this game, this game before Christmas, we win this. There's, there's like a meme that goes around all the time. It's, it's, it's very optimal when it comes to Villa. It's like, how can a 20 something year old fellow working a building site? Go out on a Saturday night, sink twenty Jaeger bombs and however many chasers, and still turn up in Sunday league and beat the first man in the cross when all these Premier League footballers can't. And it's just just watching the Villa team when they're crossing the ball. I mean, th- that's it. I mean, it's down to. I don't know whether the Premier League football is like a flyaway, like a balloon, and they have to sort of like float it in. But anybody that's played football at Amherst will know somebody that's been out the night before and they're, they drag themselves onto the pitch and they score a hat trick or something. You're just looking at them in awe. And but some of the Villa players, you know, highly tuned athletes, professional football and they just can't get the ball past the first man they can't even drive a corner in and they've just given yeah. up trying now and take a short one well I mean it's, it gets to a stage when, when we win a corner you're not expecting anything from it and that's not a very good feeling to, to have there should always be expectation on, on set pieces like that yeah if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. 
There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. That's where we are. Yeah, it just it comes down again to, to that midfield, which is just... I, nobody can put their finger on it. It's just non-existent. I would just... Uh, looking at it from me, the, the lineup that started last night, I just think they're all just the same player, although one's Scotch, one's French, uh, one's Brazilian, uh, and that mid, midfield three, I mean... At the minute, Bayern Sanson just looks like a pointless exercise because we already have that type of player in the team that doesn't look to be going anywhere. Because it's just like buying another goalkeeper; we don't need one. So why would you buy one, no matter if he's meant to be good or not? I mean, I'd, I'm going to um, I'm going to give Sanson the benefit of the doubt. But what I would say, and I think we said it in Match Club after the game, was that if you're missing on certain players in terms of your two creative sparks in Grealish and Barkley aren't on the field. Where's your next one? You're thinking, probably McGinn. Why not just play him more advanced? And as you said, David, you can play Nakamba for protection and, and, let, and let McGinn play as he does for Scotland. And just go, go on then, John. Go and win us the game. You know, yeah. Give us that energy. Give us the drive. Get us up the field, all that sort of stuff. But he didn't want to do that. But yeah, no, there's, there's question marks. I mean, it's early days for Sanson, but uh, you know, already there's doubts in my mind. What what is he going to bring to this team? Uh, there's also the question, and you know, players like McGinn have a lot of sentimental uh, value to Villa fans. So uh, when he has a bad game or has you know bad weeks, it's more uh, you know why, why why is that? You know, is it you know because he needs a rest? And you know, this is something that's always been said over the last few seasons. But sometimes there is a you know the conversation that might. Be had is he good enough you know because people will make the excuses oh you know needs a rest oh he's playing too deep and you know we've said that he's been playing out of his best position because he has played uh more you know let's say uh we're number number six sometimes but you know number eight because he's had to basically go deeper because of Barkley but now Barkley's not there you're thinking well how do you get the best out of him but the conversation may be is he good enough at, at this level because certain things that you used to be able to get away with and do well in championship it's a different level now but that's probably uh for another day that conversation well, I, th- I mean, yeah, if you think, you look across the board in terms of pundits, fans, opposition fans, everyone really likes him. So there's, there's so many yeah. um, attributes that are, are really, there's clearly a very good player. I think, as you said, it's a case of how do we get the best out of him and why aren't we at the moment really this season? You know, by like, like fleeting moments, but we're not getting the best out of him. And if you go back to the uh, the first time we played Spurs in the Premier League since we've been promoted, the first day of the that last first goal season... Was just- that was McGinn in a nutshell, wasn't it? Yeah, and it proves that you know he can be the the midfielder that breaks the line, and it, you you do back him to finish as well. He's you know he's technically is good. So why isn't he getting in those positions? Uh, as you know, has he been on shackles so to speak? Well, against Spurs, it looked like him and Sanson just needed to swap positions. That would have been the easy fix because Sanson was put in to be that uh, just behind Watkins to be the one that was sort of helping the press, and Spurs could tell that he was slightly off the pace. They were just rondoing around him in the first half. He did improve. In the second but just as he was sort of starting to feel his way into the game he got taken off yeah because at the moment we're toothless and uh we've we've seen certain players that don't really fit the bill you know they have done things but why is you know why isn't it happening now i mean i've I've got to the point where i I don't really trust our wide men in terms of consistency i mean we're saying in uh match club that they you know they've all had their purple patches but mostly they're brown patches aren't they if you want to uh (laughs) use a colour of patch to sum up how they've been playing, uh, let's say, <laughs> consistently. It's very brown. And the, I mean, we were saying this uh, last season, we need to upgrade those positions. Truray came in. I think Truray 
if this Villa team evolves again, shall we say, gets better next season, then Truri, I think he's he's a you know he's your wild card off the bench. He's uh, or another option. Yeah, yeah, certainly him and him and El Ghazi have shown this season that they've got attributes that can be a real a real threat to the opposition and a real use for you when they're in form. It's just getting the best out of them. But yeah, it's just it's these purple patches are you know infrequent. It's just very hot and cold. Yeah, there's about four players in the starting lineup there that, that need to be on the bench next season. That that's how you evolve. You you if they're not good enough for the first team, they move to the bench next season, and the ones that are on the bench at the minute, well, they move out. And you know, one of the bonuses of playing Grealish is you only have to play one of those players. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the that's the facts. I mean, not only you know it's what Grealish brings to the team, it's it's also what he keeps out of the team as well. <laughs> <laughs> talking point the the Harry Kane penalty no Villa player complained about it Cash apologised for it uh, at that stage 1-0 down I couldn't see us scoring anyway so uh, I thought it was pretty irrelevant when you're the top top striker you know how to win these penalties as well so uh, as Neville said Kane was being cute but if he, if he was playing for us and did that you think yeah fair enough thanks for, we'll take that give the referee a decision to make you're never going to get that one overturned are you no. Yeah, and uh, I think I think Cash expected Kane to make that, so that's uh, he was kind of doing the right thing. It's just, I mean, it was just a bizarre thing because Kane fluffed his lines, didn't he? Essentially, and then yeah, improvised, completely. improvised at the last minute, and won a penalty. That's it's just the way it went. And hats off to Kane for his improvisation. So yeah, let's let's move on. And it was, I mean, it was a woeful game just because of how bad Spurs were. And they never I'm glad, had to- frankly, there's an international break. <laughs> Yeah, they never had to get out of second gear. I mean, we've been beaten by Spurs fair and square. Very average side. Recently, but this one, we're missing key players and uh, just, you know, waited for us to self-destruct, really. And that's exactly, uh, unfortunately, what Martinez did. But uh, let's move on. We will... uh Look forward to the international break, uh, bringing us back a uh, inspired Watkins and uh, hopefully Grealish. Uh, we knew we weren't going to play against Spurs. That was kind of pretty obvious. Hopefully uh, he's back against Fulham. Are we shooting anybody or not? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Are we fucking shooting anybody or not? I like that. Phil's been waiting for this. It's just like, Are we shooting anybody or not? <laughs> We've we've got to do something that we um, did in a couple of games that Villa lost. Uh, I mean, the first time, you know, we were joking, but, you know, people are very sensitive nowadays when we said if you had to line up the first 11 and shoot one of them after that defeat, who would it be? So the next time we did it, we said if we, if you have to line 11 players up and send one of them to the Blues on loan. But even that, that's harsh, isn't it? That's that's probably that's worse than... order that one. That is mm-hmm. worse than shooting somebody. I mean, what kind of Villa fans are we? So what I'm going to propose this time, if you had to line up the starting 11 against Spurs and pick 10 of them to do community service in Coventry over the international break... Which player would you let off? <laughs> I'm flipping it. That's that's positive, isn't it? Isn't it? It's positive. Or is it a double negative? It's almost like a man match. So who's escaping spending their international break doing community service in Coventry? Conza? Actually, you've got to let Watkins, you've got to let him go off on England duty, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. That's a good answer. <laughs> I'm saying Conza. But if you had to really shoot somebody... <laughs> <laughs> If I, if I had to shoot somebody, I'm going on safari. Hit, you, I, I know, know you've got a thing, itchy trigger <laughs> finger. Yeah. Uh, I'm going on safari. I'm shooting Tigger. I'm shooting Matt Target. If you look at the first goal, Konza turns around and gives him an absolute bollocking for not tracking Vinicius Jr. So who might argue with Konza? I did, I did like Konza's uh, words 
for uh, Vinicius, who looked a bit clueless uh, when it when he went into the back of Konza and Konza just looked at and said, "What the fuck are you doing, man?" That was one of the benefits of when you watch the game without the crowd noise. A, you hear Mings just bellowing through the whole game, and Which you is also, great, by the way, you also get to yeah, you also get to hear Konza diss diss him by saying, "What the fuck are you doing, man?" And I think he just said to Konza, well, you'll find out in a few minutes. I'll be scoring. Oops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> there you go. Right. Time for underrated or overrated. As I mentioned at the start of the show, somebody who he played two months for Aston Villa. It could have been a whole, his whole career at Villa if things had gone to plan uh, when he started out at Wolves. How much was it that Doug Ellis didn't want to dip in his back pocket to uh, get the deal over the line? Six million, was it? Yeah, and instead he went to Coventry, didn't he? I mean, there was, who, there was multiple... Who at the time weren't even particularly great. There was multiple times we could have bought him, and uh, you just got to go through Robbie Keane's career, and he just delivered anywhere he was. So, uh, especially it, against Villa, <laughs> especially against Villa. I mean, we've seen that machine gun celebration too many times uh, for, for our liking. Yeah, it's one of those, it's another one of those uh, sliding doors Doug Ellis moments where uh, if he just kind of went for it, it was like a perennial bloody rumor, wasn't it, for about ten years? Yeah, every every window. Villa, it was the same as like Steed Malbronk and a few of the players like mm. that. Defoe it was the same. Well, it was yeah. it was the same as Grealish to United. It's <laughs> 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 almost as boring as that, and, and that's saying something. To be honest, uh, it's probably one of McLeish's probably my savviest moves. I thought yeah, it because was. It was a good move, wasn't it? Because that energized us for a little. Uh, I mean, it got us three points against Wolves. That was probably about it. But uh, it energised us for a, just into that when we came into the new year. I haven't asked the question. Sorry. Why, so why did we get him in the first place? Well, Villa were struggling, weren't they? Ultimately, under, under McLeish, I think Darren Bent had kind of been getting injuries and would go on to get an even worse one a bit later in the season. But Villa just weren't scoring goals, weren't winning the games. Um it was it was at the start of that real transitional period with McLeish. Where I think his the fans' expectation was well, we want to push for top six again um, after the you know the, the Julia year the year before. And in the end, it was the club was saying behind the scenes, well, we just want to stay in the division. We're going to slash the slash the wage bill, and you know we've sold all our best players or many of them. The club were were basically saying by his appointment, we don't really give a fuck about what you think. Yeah. So basically, we 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 were looking for a. Uh, you know, uh, as as you'd say, you know, an, an oven ready striker who could just straight away slot in and score goals. And um, but I, th- I think it was more opportunity knocks, wasn't it? Because it was like, yeah. ah, because he trained a couple of days before they signed him. I think probably probably done deal anyway. But I don't know exactly if they were giving him a quick once over. Well, it was at LA Galaxy, wasn't it, at the time? And then obviously it was in there. It was the winter break, wasn't it? Or in the yeah. mid, the sort of in between the season. I can't remember quite how the season works, but it was in like an off period where he was allowed to go out on loan for couple of months yeah interestingly enough uh, when la galaxy uh signed him uh when he was at spurs he, he was being loaned out he went to celtic and west ham before uh, la galaxy but when he went to uh, la galaxy la galaxy uh because of the uh, the MSL rule of the designated player rule, which allows uh, MLS teams to have three players that are outside of their uh what's considered outside their salary caps 
they actually moved on Juan Pablo Angel to make room for uh, Robbie Keane, who joined uh, Beckham and uh, Lando Donovan as those designated players. So a bit of a Villa connection there. But yeah, it was uh, at the time we were looking for a spark, weren't we? And he, he certainly provided that, I thought. Uh, I mean, the two goals at Molyneux were brilliant goals, weren't they? They were proper classic Robbie Keane strikes. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's just a class act. Um, no matter where he was, it was just you knew what you were going to get from him. I mean, that's that's exactly what Villa are missing at the minute. Yeah, but I mean, that that type of player now would be fantastic to have Watkins and him. Well, he's in just the mix. a goal scorer, mm-hmm. an, an out and out goal scorer. Yeah, it's a, it's, a kind, it's a kind of player you don't really get anymore. I mean, he's probably up there with Robbie Fowler, is one of the you know the out, best out and out goal scorers in the Premier League. But I think the main purpose, uh, how it ended up for him to come to Villa, was just to as a as a, as a little. I told you so. You know, you should assign me. Yeah probably 10 years 10 years too late if only if only (laughs) but I think I always liked about Robbie Keane was watching Ireland at game against Germany where Germany I think were 1-0 up and you thought there's no way they're going to do this but you thought because they've got Robbie Keane there's always a chance as long as they you know hold it tight and just get one ball up to him and uh, hey ho it's exactly what happened your top top players when the shits hit the fan, they do something, and that's the mark of a you know top top player. And, and Robbie Robbie Keane was right yeah. up there. Yeah, one chance, one goal type of strikers. And then of course, when he let you know when he left Villa in uh, you know, in February, I think we played Wigan and Bent got an injury as well, so we ended up losing Darren Bent and Robbie Keane in the same week. Yeah, and I mean, uh, and then the wheels fell off. Bad luck for McLeish. You, you've got to uh, you've got to say that. So where is uh, Mr. Keane now? Obviously, he went back to the LA Galaxy where he fucking scored almost 100 goals, didn't he? He's like, yeah. in league games, 125 games, he scored 83, which is uh, ridiculous. I mean, he, he won the MLS Cup as well. Yeah. Other than, yeah. other than the League Cup of Spurs, that was his only two honours. Crazy, really, for such a good player. He went out to India as a, as a player. To hang out with John Gregory. <laughs> uh, no, actually, he went to hang out with Teddy Sheringham. He stayed there as like a player manager for a, a short period. And then when he came back, obviously wanted to do his you know, U, uh, UA for badges, etc. Ended up going to Middlesbrough with Jonathan Woodgate after a brief spell with Mick McCarthy in the Irish setup. That sounds like Jonathan Woodgate's idea, that one. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he could put the band back together. And uh, and obviously, Woodgate got sacked, didn't he, and replaced by Neil Warnock at Borough in, last year. And uh, I think now he's working with Shamrock Rovers back over in Ireland. As, of course, he can't travel due to COVID. Yeah, yeah. So he's uh, he's back near his his, his hometown Tala, and that's where Shamrock Rovers sort of based in and around that area. And you, you could tell King could look after himself because Tala's got a bit of a reputation as uh, in the olden times one of the rougher spots down south. Didn't you say he swims in lakes and stuff? No, he swims in the sea. He swims in the sea. All right. no lakes for him. He goes for <laughs> he goes for a ten mile run down the beach and then just triathletes it round the the sea as well. So he's probably a free agent. I think we should just get him back. Mister Machine Gun celebration underrated or overrated for Villa? Underrated. He scored more goals in those two months than some Villa players would have paid a fortune for. <laughs> and that's only three. <laughs> <laughs> Not many Villa fans, unless you're season ticket holders, uh, would have seen him play, actually. I saw him in the Arsenal game when it was him and Bent when we were 2-0 up. In the in the Cup game? FA Cup, the third yeah, round. And it, we were like, oh, happy days, here we are at the Emirates. But uh, yeah, you think, oh, this is a great day. And Villa, you know, actually, life under McLeish might not be so bad. And then, yeah, they, they tore us a new one in the second half. Yeah, I saw him score again. I think it was Newcastle at Villa Park. We lost. I would go underrated. You've got to. 
Yeah, I think what so. A, what a player. Just what he did in that, because we didn't have many rays of uh, joy in that season, and that Wolves game certainly was. And, uh, you know, both goals are good. One of them was a cracker. Yeah, the one off the underside of the bar to win yeah. it was just superb, wasn't it? So, uh, yeah, underrated from me. Uh, no no qualms with uh, Mr. Robbie Keane. It's a shame uh, when players end up going to Coventry instead of Villa. It's There's something wrong there. Especially at that point when we were a good side. And at that age as well, when you're thinking, uh-huh. this is a player with potential because he certainly scored a few goals for Wolves already. So... Uh, he was a sure thing. That was the most disappointing thing about yeah. it. It was, it was a cert. I mean, just pay what they want. So, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a drop catch uh, by uh, Villa at that time. Right, before we say our goodbyes, uh, I just want to say a big shout out to the My Old Man Said patrons for uh, allowing us to say no to certain sponsors and for supporting the show. Please do consider joining uh, the ranks of the My Old Man Said patrons. You'll get access to an exclusive My Old Man Said Patreon podcast channel, new shows uh, coming up uh, over this weekend, and also access to our match day gathering private club that is Match Club. Thank you very much to Nick Runham for uh, signing up as a patron in the last week, and also uh, to Thomas Jansen Averdal. I don't know how to pronounce that. Umlaut A. And uh, also uh, Dan Wilson for uh, signing up for the year. Uh, when you sign up to be a My Old Man Said patron for the year, you uh, get 15% off, which is uh, akin to uh, two free months. So please do go to myoldmansaid.com and uh, track down the Patreon option on the menu and uh, find all the details there. Thank you very much. I think that's it, isn't it? Now it's international break time. Thank God for that. Yes, praise the Lord. Much needed break. Right, anyway, let's get out of here. Please do follow the podcast on Spotify and Apple. It's free to follow. It doesn't hurt. So press that follow button and you'll be notified when the show pops. Might be some uh, shows popping up over the uh, international break. So uh, it's worth doing, people. Until next time. After we've watched, uh, do you think Watkins will get some game time? Yeah, he'll get a run out at some point. Probably yeah. in the San Marino game. Probably from the bench, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Until uh, we get to see Watkins run out. It's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.